The Productive Woman, Episode 66. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you so much for joining me for what I hope you will agree is a very special episode of The Productive Woman. In this episode, I'm going to share with you a conversation I had recently with Julie Sharonosher and Priscille Livonet. Um, there are a couple of things that make this episode special and unique. First of all, it was international. I'm in the United States, but Julie is in Israel and Priscille is in France. They both also write and podcast about productivity uh, from their countries. So that made it really special and a lot of fun. And second, the conversation was broadcast live on Blab, which is a, if you haven't heard of it, it's a relatively new social media platform that allowed us to have our conversation live, broadcast it to a live international audience and interact with them in a live chat room while we were talking. So we were, it, it was actually, we were on video, they could watch and listen to us comment and qu ask questions in the chat room and we could respond. We really had a great time talking about what it means to be productive, some of the tools and the approaches that we use to be more productive. And I hope you're going to enjoy it. You'll find links and some additional information, including links to Julie and Priscille's websites, all of that in the show notes for this episode, which will be at theproductivewoman.com slash 66. Now I want to get right into it. So hope you enjoy it. Good morning, everybody. Uh, and I see some people joining us. So we'll see where we go from there. Uh, I'm Laura McClellan. I'm on here from the United States in Texas. I am a wife, a mom of five grown kids, a lawyer by day, and I'm the host of a podcast called The Productive Woman. And it's about productivity for busy women. And co-hosting with me today, we're really excited. This is the first time we've done this, and I think we're going to want to do it again sometime. Julie, why don't you introduce yourself? Oh, awesome. Thank you. Uh, so I'm Julie. I'm from Israel, actually. I'm an ex-military, ex-captain in the Israeli Defense Forces. I came by productivity because I broke my back and had to cut down from 18 hours of work a day into four, which was very challenging. And ever since then, I fell in love with productivity. Today, I'm the host of the Time Hackers podcast, and I help others achieve more with the same amount of hours, basically. I'm not a mom. I'm not a wife. I'm just a person. So maybe a different perspective. <laughs> It will come, Julie. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> there you go. And Priscille? Hello, everyone. So I'm Priscille Livonet. I'm living close to Paris in France, as you can hear from my accent. I am uh, single mom of two kids, two boys now, 21 and, and 17. And I'm a working mom, travel a lot. I have a very strong background in project management. And I'm also uh, a member of uh, Geodis Women Network, which is a women network inside my company. And I want to share my thought and also the thought of the people I know about productivity in a blog, which is uh, which known as um, productiveu.com, sorry. <laughs> and I'm also an host of a podcast about productivity. And I also interview entrepreneurs and women professionals 
who want to share with us uh, their tips for a better productivity. Great. And I'm very glad to be with you <laughs> both. Yeah, and this is so this is going to be fun. I think one of the things we didn't talk about ahead of time, Julie and Priscille, is when one of us is talking, the other should be keeping an eye on the chat room and responding because I I don't multitask. Okay. <laughs> I can do one. I can. Never. Okay. So let's just get right into it. And we will be watching for questions, but until we have questions, I thought what we do is start out, set a little context for what we're talking about when we talk about productivity, because for time management and organization and the thing, the apps you can buy and all the stuff that those are all just tools to help us get where we want to go to make the kind of life we want to have. And so it's not about the tools. It's not about the systems. It's not about the processes. It's about making a life that matters to us. And so for me, when I talk about productivity and if if you listen to The Productive Woman, you know I say this over and over again. It's not about getting more stuff done. It's about getting the right stuff done. And what qualifies as the right stuff really is up to you. It depends on what kind of life you want to live, what kind of life you want to make for yourself, for your family, if you have one, for your career, whatever those things are uh, that matter. And so I think that it starts with thinking very deeply about what matters to you. What are the the roles that you play? You know, for me, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a woman, you know, who has personal uh, interests. I'm a lawyer during the day. I'm, I, I host a podcast. I'm a writer. So these are all um, facets of my life. And you have different facets of your life as well. And so at least when I talk about productivity, I talk about looking at those things. What matters most to me or to you? What, what are the things you want to accomplish in those various roles of your life? And where do you want to end up? What do you want your life to look like? And all the other stuff that we're going to talk about today is all about making that life, whatever that life is that you want to live the three of us, one of the things we like to do, want to do, our purpose for the podcasts and the blogs and the things we do is to help you find the tools that will help you create the life you want to live, not tell you what your life should look like. And I, I have a, you know other stuff in that I could talk about there, but I, I kind of want to turn it over to, to you guys. And, and so... Julie or Priscille, do you have something you want to add to that before we go into kind of the, the main topics? Well, something that I find to be very helpful for me, and I do it on a regular basis every couple of months, I sit down and I take a big look at my life and start thinking about what, how do I want my life to be like, what I want my life to have in it. And I do it on a regular basis, not something that I just once decide and ever since then I'm running on it. It's something that changes our life change. We have partners, we have children, we have friends, we have jobs, things change. And I think that one of the biggest hacks that helped me to become more productive was to accept the fact that it's not going to be a one-stop shop. It's going to be changing constantly and I will constantly have to make the decision of what I want my life to look like. And that, that set me free. That was huge 
for me, not tools or how to manage email or whatever it is, but this realization that this is something that I need to have 15 minutes once every other month to sit down with myself and think about what does Julie want from her life. Yeah, yeah, it's it's totally true, Julie. And uh, we really have to make that point regularly to adjust, in fact, the goals with the change of our situation, the job and your kids or whatever, to readapt our goals and our objectives, keeping in mind the great vision, the great pictures of what we want to be, and uh, but adjusting days after days or months after months what we want to do, what is the, the next step to take, the next action to go in that direction. Yeah, I think that's great. And I, I think that's such a good point. There's two pieces to that, as you've both said. It changes in the seasons of our life. My life is very different now than it was when I had five small children at home, you know, very, very different. So that changes. But the other thing I think is important to remember is you have a right to make that choice for yourself and not let other people tell you what your life ought to look like. Uh, You know, as a mom, there, there are lots of people who have lots of advice about how I should raise my kids. And I can listen and I can learn, but ultimately it's my life and my children and my home. And that's between me and my husband. Julie, I know you as, you know, the, the life that you live, there's plenty of people who probably have advice for you as a single woman of what you ought to be doing with your time. But, you know, and we can read the books and the experts can tell us what to do. But just for the record, I don't consider myself an expert, so I'm not going to tell anybody what to do. (laughs) So let's go into one of the things that we, we talked about is a tool for that building the life. And Priscilla, I think you were going to talk about the rituals and the routines and the way we sort of build our days because our life is built on days. Yeah. Yes, Laura. And maybe first point to address is why is this subject uh, of routine and rituals on a productivity panels? It's not a real tool like uh, apps or something like that. But you may know this quote from uh, Benjamin Franklin, Franklin, maybe in English, saying, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Mm. And I think that the routine and the rituals are just about that point, the preparation and how to set every day the foundation of a good and productive day. It's just the first layer, I would say. And we all have those kind of mornings where we have snoozed too much, uh, we are running out of time, and it seems that the whole world is conspiring against us, you know. Your toddlers is vomiting on your brand new blues. Uh, your partner spending too much uh, time uh, in the bathroom, and you re- you realize when leaving home that you uh, forget your smartphone or your purse or whatever. You arrive uh, at the office with a ter- terrible look, <laughs> sweat, <laughs> and uh, and sometimes you feel bad because. Uh, you uh, you are remorseful about the fact that you push too much your kids and you say, oh, I'm a very, very bad mother. <laughs> every day. <laughs> every, no, not every day, but we all have that moment. And clearly it's not a good start for everyone. For us, we begin the, the day with this big amount of stress. For our kids, it's awful also because the stress 
uh, prevent them from learning efficiently. And I think though, that uh, the rituals and, the, and um, the routine of the morning, it's one of the first steps to help us to have a good day, yeah, to, to have this foundation calm and, and, and steady, you can say. Mm-hmm. And I say routine and uh, rituals because I think that there is two different steps. The routine, it's more about, I would say, all the basics needs that we have to cover on the morning. Going to the bathroom, having a, an healthy breakfast, uh, take care of the kids and dress up and living on time. It's the, I would say, the basics. And we will uh, see later about the, the rituals. And this basis, I would say, it's, it starts the day before, on the evening. Mm-hmm. The first preparation is on the evening, having a look to your calendar to know what's going on the next day and prepare your stuff, your purse, your bag accordingly. It's small things, but it helps. Having a look on the weather forecast just to be able to prepare the clothes, your clothes and the one of your kids regarding those weather. Maybe if they've planned very bad condition, leaving, uh, plan to leave earlier on next morning to face those bad conditions. These are small steps. Roughly, it takes maybe 30 minutes uh, on the evening just to prepare the day after. Have a look on the calendar from your kids to know if there is a special event at school, if you have to prepare maybe a cake for a birthday, a specific um, a snack or whatever. Very few steps, few things that will greatly improve the way that the next day will start. And then on the evening, the big things, it's also to prepare to have a good night. And a good night, it means maybe switching off our digital device on time, maybe 30 minutes before going to bed to avoid uh, having a bad sleep or having um, trouble to, to, to fall asleep. Calm down our mind by reading, journaling, meditating, have a discussion with our partner or whatever, just to begin to go to the sleep quietly. So those are my first points on this evening preparation. And I'm sure that both of you have the same kind of uh, routine or habits. And it's, I would say, it's especially important when we have kids. Because yeah. they have so much things to take care about them. And it's always easier to do that on the evening than on the rush on the morning. For those who have kids, you know, on the mornings, everything could happen with kids. And uh, it will help greatly. Yeah, I think that's, um, and Julie, coming from the perspective of somebody who doesn't have children at home, are there things that you do in the evening to prepare to make the next day a better day? Yeah, always. Uh, I do actually the exact same routine simply because I find that when I know what I'm waking up to, it's easier for me to sleep. I actually get a better rest. I, I suffer from a chronic disease, which interferes with my sleep anyway. So anything I can do to make it easier for me to be more rested and get the beauty sleep that I need uh, helps. And as funny as it may sound, although I don't have kids, things fall apart here in the mornings 
all the time. Like, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> are these elves? I, I don't know. Like, we we woke up to no electricity, and then we woke up to no water, and then we woke up to uh, a vomiting dog. I have a dog, and she <laughs> tends to be a handful. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm guessing that when, uh, when we'll have kids, it's going to be even more dramatic. But for now, I find that preparing the night before really kind of set it, it also helps me to set my mind like I know okay I'm waking up I'm getting myself ready and then I dive into podcast or then I dive into writing or then I have chores to do but the fact that I know what's my next step really helps me to calm down and uh, be more be less stressed and anxious Exactly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the same way. I do a similar thing even a little earlier before I leave. I, my job is at an office, you know, away from the home. And so before I leave the office, I know what's the first, unless something changes, but I have in mind, what's the first thing I'm going to do when I get to the office, after I get logged into the computer and get my tea, what's the first task I'm going to work on? Because otherwise I wander around and talk to people. And so the day doesn't get off to a good start. I'm not being productive at the office if I wait until the morning to decide, okay, what am I going to do today? Yeah. The first step the day, the day before. Yeah. And then when we arrive to the, to the morning, to the, the first thing is to, to get up on time and uh, have this routine in place in the order that suits you, uh, going to the bathroom, going to, uh, to dress up, take care of the kids, prepare the breakfast and whatever, and living, uh, living on time. I think it's, it's the basics. And probably for the people who have small children, toddlers or newborn, it will be enough to have only this routine on place because we have season in our life, we can't do everything each time. Yeah. We have to be aware of that. It's time to raise very small kids. We have some things to do. It's the first priority. And then when they will come older, <laughs> things will be better. And we, are, we maybe have more time for ourselves and to think to having a, a good ritual. Yeah first place it is it's to have this this routine in place and it, i have always this um image in my mind uh we see sometimes on uh, on some uh, movies those soldiers who prepare their weapons once and once and julie you can maybe ask about tell about that they they prepare their weapon every day they built and rebuilt and re 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 rebuilt and they just to have that like a, a habit and whatever it happens, they will be ready. And it's the same with this routine. Whatever it will happen in the morning with the kids, for instance, we will be ready because we know exactly what we have to do in which orders and it will be easier uh, for everyone. And especially if you're not a morning person to have that routine in place. <laughs> I mean, I, I wake up early. I don't like getting up early. I like being up early, but the first half hour in particular for me in the morning, I'm sort of brain dead. And if I have to think about anything, you know, if you talk to me, you're going to get a blank stare because I, you know, so I do my things, you know, my regular routine things that I do 
till my brain catches up with the fact that it's morning and I'm supposed to be up doing things. What, this isn't really on our outline, but, but here's, since we're three women talking about this, and I think it's fair to say that the productivity space is, is sort of, there, there are a lot of men that talk about these things and they're they, very well. I mean, I have, you know, the podcast that I listen to, the Productivityist with Mike Vardy, um, Beyond the To-Do List with Eric Fisher and some of those people, I've learned so much from them. But you hear a lot of people on podcasts or I've read blog posts and stuff where people say, oh, you know, you should get up at five o'clock in the morning and meditate for 45 minutes and, you know, do these things. And I would say, well, I think those things are great. They don't work for everybody. And especially when I had little kids, I always thought, wow, that would be such an awesome thing. No matter how early I got up, my kids would it's like they hear me or something yeah. and I tiptoe around, but I'm thinking I'm going to get up and make a cup of tea and read and just get my days and know. I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think it's any different for women, for some women? Is that a woman versus man thing? Is it just a stage of life thing? What do you think about that? I think it's related to the stage of life. It's clear that when you have small kids, you get up many times during the night you need a certain amount of sleep and it's easy to say you have to get up earlier, but you need those amount of sleep, seven or eight hours to have a great day. So maybe it's not the time to uh, for you to have a, a routine or a, a ritual with reading, meditating on the morning. First thing is to settle this routine to fulfill the basic needs of you and your family. Yeah, And after that, it's as you say, there is no uh, solution, uh, one-fits-all uh, solution. Everybody has to adapt the different uh, advice to themselves, try them, see if it works. Maybe it's better to do that on the evening, on the morning, at midday, or whatever. But it's not a, a magic, magic yeah. box tool and uh, saying if you apply that, that, that in that order, everything will be great. On my opinion, it's doesn't work like that. Yeah. And and Julie, you've got a perspective on that because I've heard you talk in the past. I hope it's okay to say, well, I think you mentioned it already. You have, you have illness to deal with. And so how does that affect your ability to have routines like the ones that the experts tell us we should be having? Uh, well, I'm a rebel. So I hate when someone tells me what I should or should not do. <laughs> if you know me, this is the first thing you need to know. If you want me to do something, you can't say I need to do it. You can't say that this is the best thing that I can do because it just something pops in my brain and I won't do it. But that's just me. Yeah. I'm weird. But I really agree with what Vasil said about there is no one size fits all. We all different things fit different people. And I think we're so eager to be more productive and we're so eager to find a cure for procrastinating or for not getting enough things done. So we're like, okay, I'm going to see what this person who is super productive and I look up to does, and I'm just going to copy it into my life and hope that it's going to work instead of pausing for one second and say, okay, so this person, he wakes up at 5 a.m. and does 45 minutes of meditation. Okay. And this helps him with what? This helps him with mindset. This helps him with calming his nerves. It helps him with gathering his thought. Maybe this person needs 45 minutes of doing anything to get out of the brain dead situation. 
I don't know. I don't know what this specific routine caters for for this person, but I do know what I need. And if I can figure out what I need and what can fit this need of mine, then I'll find what works for me. When we're going into uh, the chronic illness, I have I suffer from fibromyalgia, which means that most days I'm in chronic pain. Sometimes it's not that bad. Sometimes it's really awful. And I never know which day I'm going to get when I wake up. So mm-hmm. I can plan these awesome plans in my Midori. I like to plan old school with a pen and a paper. So I have everything planned out and I wake up and my body's like, nope. Good today. <laughs> Not going to happen. I literally sometimes my best achievement, my most productive achievement of the day is getting out of bed. But because I know that I can't get this, I have a folder on my laptop, which can be with me in bed with things that I can do when I'm in this situation. And I have them sorted according to the amount of pain I'm having. So there are tasks that need a little bit of thinking. There are tasks that are completely brain dead and I can do them even you know, when I'm suffering and I can't do anything else, but I have these things. And even if they're not the most important thing I can do for my business, but they kind of draw me away from my misery and feeling sorry for myself, which I find is the worst thing you can do when you're suffering. Mm -hmm. It just keeps your mind out of it. And this keeps me wanting to be more productive the next day. And the fact that I know that I got something done rather than nothing, even if I have a good excuse, so to speak, it makes me want to hit tomorrow stronger and more fiercely. Yeah. I think that's so important that, you know, we all deal with different things in our life that could interfere with our being as productive as we want to be in. And I, here I'm using productivity in the sense of just getting stuff done, the stuff we want to accomplish. Um, but to have those options that maybe, as you said, it, maybe it wasn't the optimal thing, the thing you most wanted to get done or, or even needed to get done, but it's something that moved the ball, the ball down the field. It's, it's football Sunday in the United (laughs) States. So, so, you know, it's something that's moving that ball down the field and that counts. And maybe just we can move from the routine to the rituals. Mm -hmm. In my vision, the rituals, so you keep your routine, you need that. And you want some activities just for you, for your mind, for your body, for your well-being. So sometimes it means getting up earlier, and if we can, and making some exercise. Personally, I have some self-massage I made. It comes from Qigong's method. And it's very, very efficient to raise the energy through the body. Mm-hmm. Really, really efficient. If you can see, uh, go on uh, YouTube and find uh, some of those uh, uh, videos about that. It takes only two or three minutes. And really, after that, you uh, feel the blood going through your body and uh, activating and your body coming more and more warm. And it's very easy then to go through your day, especially for me. I have sometimes to get up very early to catch a plane or a train at uh, very early in the morning. So... When I have to get up at four, clearly I need those <laughs> those message to uh, to make me feel uh, feel better. After that, you can there is a lot of things and you can, that you can add in your uh, routine, uh, making some exercise. So it's not 
only having a jogging, but it's, it can be some yoga, pilates, or tai chi, something soft just to begin to uh, warm up your muscles, your joints. And it's always, after that, easy to move. And also, it prevents some uh, small injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, also, for your mind, you talk, uh, Julie, about meditation. I'm a great fan of meditation and mindfulness. Personally, I practice every evening. And uh, for me, it's a great point because it's a, a very good tool to help your brain to focus, to clarify your thoughts, and more important, to identify all your feelings and uh, let them go. Just instead of fighting your feelings and your bad feelings, just let them go. They are here, you allow them to be here, but you they, you have to, to move forward. And this practice is, a, is a very important, at least for me, on morning, on evenings. So there is different things we can do on mornings. Journaling also, or having a look to mm. your goals. You speak about the goals, Laura, uh, the goals for, for your days. Um, maybe reading and not reading your Facebook page or your email, but <laughs> well, that doesn't count. <laughs> no, 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 not on the morning, not okay. never be- before breakfast. Never. It's a rule. <laughs> I don't know. Um, self-development books or an article, uh, something like that. For some of the p- other people, it could be the Bible and whatever, depending of uh, your thoughts. And uh, but it's always good to to prepare your mind and to. Uh, nourish your mind with uh, positive feelings and to develop your mind like that. For me, in fact, I think it's very important. Here's an example of where different things work for different people, because I do all of those things, but I don't always do them in the morning. For me, sometimes those are going to be things that I'm going to be doing in the evening. I have less time in the morning because of what I have to get done at the office. And so I agree 100% that making time, uh, whether a person thinks of that as a ritual or not, I kind of do to have us always have a book or two. I always have, I'm reading several books, but that's really intended to help me grow either intellectually or emotionally or spiritually or in some way have something that I'm reading that I maybe I'm only going to read a chapter a day, but it's giving me something to think about and something to help me become a better and stronger person. Julie, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's it's interesting that you mentioned it because one of my rituals and Probably I keep the list of my rituals to a very short one because I notice that when I have too many rituals that I'm committed to, I'm, I get overwhelmed. The last thing I do before I go to bed is read a book, mm-hmm. fiction, mm-hmm. always fiction. And even if I read, as you said, Laura, one chapter, but this is kind of what separates my working day from my rest. And it's really important for me. But I do have to say that during the day, I notice that the things that you talk about, Placid, about focusing and getting you into that, I don't get the same results from meditation or even exercise. I tried uh, running and jogging for a while because I heard that it also promotes clearness of thought. And these things, they just don't work for me. Maybe I did it wrong, but other things do. So mm-hmm. I found the ones that do it. So this is, this is what we all talk about Mm -hmm. that you need to find what works for you in your day. And 
I don't know, maybe meditation doesn't work for me because I share space, even my working space with Miran, with my boyfriend. We both are entrepreneurs. We work in the same, we live in the same home. We work in the same workroom. Everything is shared. There isn't really a place where I can be really secluded mm-hmm. because we just don't have it in our house. So maybe this is what prevents me from enjoying yoga or uh, meditation or doing that because I, I'm always aware that mm-hmm. I'm being watched. I, I totally see what you say because when I was younger, I can't stand meditating. I can't do yoga. I think it was too sweet, too, uh, I don't know, um, it takes a long time with no benefit for me and mm-hmm. I need it something else and clearly it wasn't the time for me to do those activities and going older I have to say that I've changed slightly and now those activity fits me but it was not the case 20 or 15 years ago there is no point and I can't sit for 20 minutes or half an hour <laughs> doing nothing it wouldn't be possible at those time but I changed with the time and once again, it's clearly linked to the seasons of our life. And we have to adapt not only the way we do things, but also the tools, because they can't be good at a time. And we have to change maybe some years later to just uh, be aligned with ourselves and with our uh, change. And I th- isn't that the point of, I, I guess, of everything that we're talking about? It's uh, and and that's why I wanted to do this with the three of us, because we all are at different stages of our life. We all obviously live in different countries and different cultures and have different needs. Uh, and um, so we we bring different perspectives to it that and, and that's what's so great about this. We can throw out the ideas. Well, here's what works for me. And we can learn from each other and um, try different things when it works. I love this uh, in the chat room. Saket954 says, when intention, action, and expression are one, we achieve optimum experience and productivity. Great thing. I mean, it's, it's it, it all comes down to, and this is what meditation probably does for you, and it helps me as well at, at times, to get more in touch with what's going on, what I'm thinking of, what my needs are at this moment, and to kind of combine all those things. You know, we could make a whole blab about this, but I wanted to get into, and we should do another one and talk more about these things. I wanted to get into one other topic. If you, if y'all, sorry, I'm living in Texas. If y'all don't mind, (laughs) (laughs) um, we, we wanted to get into, we wanted to talk about sort of a philosophical thing, which is the whole rituals and routines and things. But I'd love to get into one really practical topic before we run out of time here. Here's a question. Question. (laughs) Wants to know, can I ask you a provocative question? Do you think women are naturally more productive than men? I'm going to give you my answer and then we'll see what Julie and Priscille think. It depends on how you, and this is a lawyer answer, okay? Here's the truth. If you know any lawyers, no matter what question you ask them, there's the answer is the same. It depends. And it depends on what, how you define productive. Do women get more stuff done than men? I don't think so. Are women more productive in the sense of 
when I talk about being productive, I'm talking about uh, ordering, ordering your life in such a way as to accomplish the things that matter to you and, and make your life the way you want it to do. And in that sense, I don't think women are either. I think maybe we think about those things a little more than some men do. Men just do their stuff. And if it's working for them, I think they're content with that. Y'all may have a different perspective on that. So I don't know. Julie, why don't you? You have a thought? Well, yeah, I think, again, we can talk about all women and all men because it it never works. We can't. But from my personal experience, I think women are naturally more intuitively planners. We like to outline things and we like to know what's on our plate and we like to kind of start, okay, so I need to do five things. I'm going to do this here and this here and this here and this here. Okay, I know what I need to do. Ready, set, go. Men usually less of a planner type. They first dive into the pool and they then they figure out how they're going to swim. Eventually, when we're measuring results, Again, like you said, Laura, depends on what how you define productive, more things or more important things, or how do you prioritize the different areas in your life? Are you more productive at work, with your family, with your friends, perhaps, personal life? What? Hobbies? I mean, it's so hard to look at it. But if we look at the sheer volume of achievements, I don't think either sex is more productive than the other. We just do things differently. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And maybe I can add that... As women, we maybe are a bit more oriented to multitasks, which is not a good point for productivity. And we have to fight that because we are, uh, when we are mm-hmm. at home, looking for the kids, preparing the, the dishes, uh, looking after the clothes and so on. And we maybe more than men have to keep the focus and avoid multitasking because I don't know how it is abroad, but in France, Every man say, oh, yeah, but woman, you are uh, allowed uh, to uh, multitask. You do how to do that. Uh, and multitasking is a feminine uh, characteristic, maybe. That may be a universal stereotype or a universal, um, I, and, and I don't mean stereotype in the bad sense, but I just think certainly in the United States, colloquially, when you talk with people, women or people will say, oh, women can multitask. Men can only do one thing at a time. Maybe so, maybe because we, we have different roles, you know, we could get into the whole gender thing now, which was kind of not what we were doing. (laughs) I happen to believe that women and men have some fundamental differences outside just their physical bodies. We take, I say we, there are exceptions to every rule, but we tend to internalize things more. And there are very good mothers and very good fathers. And my husband's an amazing dad, but he's not a mother. He doesn't think of things the way I do. He's perfect. For instance, he would be perfectly okay with feeding the kids when they were little hot dogs for dinner every night. And, you know, and he's like, well, they're full. They're not hungry anymore. What's the big deal? Where (laughs) That's the point. That's a guy thing, you know, whereas women are, oh, no, we have to have a balanced meal and we need to, they need to have some vegetables or that's a, a silly maybe example, but we, our perspective are different. Are different. And mm-hmm. I don't know that one is better than the other. They're just different. And you're right, Priscilla, we do tend to try to do too many things at once where on any given Sunday in the United States, you go to any house 
this afternoon and men will be happily parked on the couch watching the football game and that's all they're doing. I'm going to be watching the football game, but I'll probably be washing dishes and working on an outline for my podcast at the same time. <laughs> so, you know, same year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just, uh, you know, it's not that one is right and one is wrong. Uh, I think it's just very, we have our different ways of doing things. I think also that um, the thing is, I know, I don't know if all men are like it, but I know that Miron is completely like it. And th this is kind of my experience that he does, he plans out all the things that he needs to do, not just his work related things, but also family and friends and personal time and time with me and chores around the house, because we, we do share a lot of things, which makes my grandmother extremely unhappy. She constantly tells me, why did he need to cook? Why can't you feed him? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the that's the line that I get from her every time we talk. Anyways, but he fails to see how exceeding at one area out of what you said for yourself is affecting other things. So he will have a coaching call, which and he's he, they're in the middle of something and he doesn't want to wrap it up, so he continues for another twenty minutes, which is great for his coaching client, but this means that we're going to be late for dinner at his parents' place. And he, it's not like he does it on purpose. He just doesn't understand that if I'm going to exceed from this time boundary, I'm going to eat into something else because we only have 24 hours. And he gets that in retrospect later. And he's like, oh, I shouldn't do that. Next time I will notice that if I have something in my calendar, I won't. For me, when I see that the clock goes, okay, I have five minutes left, can I stay longer? And if not, what does it mean? Yeah. Whom do I need to alert? What do I need to – it's all these – it's like screens in the army in, in war rooms. You have all these plasmas that you need to look at all of them before you can make a decision. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. That's a really good example. I think um... – that's interesting. I think men get obsessed in a way men, women don't. I think oh. men are better, again, there are exceptions to every rule, but I think many men are better at focusing on one thing and excluding everything else, whereas women have everything going. At, we have, I've seen this on Facebook. We have all the tabs on our browser open at the same time. When men go to work, they are at work and they are thinking about work and that's all they're thinking about and they're doing a great job. Women go to work and especially those of us who have kids, we're at work and we're thinking about what needs to happen at home. We're thinking about what didn't get done this morning at home. Uh, men are maybe very good at organizing their life and getting their stuff done. We are thinking about getting our stuff done and what the kids need to do what the guy needs to do, what the you know, secretary needs to do, whatever we, I think we are better at the, maybe I, I'm thinking as I'm talking, which is not a good thing. Maybe the issue isn't that we're better at multitasking, but that we are better at seeing the global picture. Exactly. Mm. You know, that we're seeing not just the things we need to do in our to-do list, but everybody else's stuff as well. Mm -mm. I just want to add one little teeny tiny thing coming. I come from uh, the area of computer science and this drives me nuts and I have to say it. Our brain works like a computer processor works, which means that we can actually 
do only one thing at a time. All of us, all human race, everybody, men, women, everybody. The fact that we think about other things and the fact that some things take not as much focus as other things allows us to do a few things together. But it's like if you do five things at the same time, you're going to get in the same hour 20% of each instead of completing one. This is a very simplistic thing, but no one can actually multitask. That's so important because... It has been such a myth for so long that we can multitask. And that's, I'm glad you said that because we really can't. And so that's the problem when we are at work and we're thinking about, okay, I've got to stop on the way home and pick up dry cleaning. And what's, did I put meat out for, to thaw for dinner? And the kids have this thing going on. We're actually not multitasking. We're not paying attention to work at that moment. I'm looking at a comment here. You can train your mind to be able to do more than one task at a time. I think you can do more than one thing at a time if neither one of them takes focused attention. I can listen to a podcast while I wash the dishes. I cannot listen to a podcast while I write an article. You're not asking or requesting the same area in your brain. And if sometimes you're... um... You say, listen to a podcast when making the dishes of uh, having a run or something like that. It's okay. But if you are trying to make work the same place, location in your mind, it doesn't work. Well, what do we want to do with our last, uh, our last 10 minutes? Julie, we didn't, first of all, and we can talk about this maybe after we stop the recording, but we need to do this again and, um, and pick one topic <laughs> and stick with it. But Julie, uh, anything you want to say in the last, you know, in the last five or 10 minutes before we Well, I, I actually didn't plan on talking about it, but since we're all talking kind of about doing different things and, and things that address different areas in our brain and doing multiple tasks and simultaneously, maybe it's a good opportunity to say that not all tasks are born alike, obviously not in their priority in our lives, but obviously what they require from us. So I can share what I do because I find it to be very a very important part of my productivity. Uh, I divide all the tasks that I have to do, everything from all the areas of my life. I divide them into four groups. And then when I have them divided, I know how I need to tackle them. So I have a group of tasks that I know that require my undivided attention. I know these are writing articles. This is talking over the phone with a client, something that I obviously can't do anything while I do that. I can't do the dishes. I can't walk. This is something that requires my false attention. Then I have tasks that are important for me and require my fullest attention. But if I decrease the attention that I give to them, I can squeeze something in. And yes, it will come on the expense of the quality of this task, but this is a price I am willing to pay. So uh, for example, when I'm proofreading my own things, yes, I usually cannot do other things while I'm proofreading, but if I need to watch my dog or I need to walk or I will do it on my phone because I know that there is another set of eyes going over it later on and I kind of allow myself to have the space of air and then I have two more groups that I divide them differently that these are tasks that I can do simultaneously and this is my biggest multitasking list and this is what I like if I'm in my car okay I'm just driving what 
what can I do for my list? Can I listen to a podcast? Can I listen to an audiobook? What can I do? Can I phone someone who is not a client, maybe a family member and keep in touch? I always divide my tasks so I know to treat these tasks differently because I know that I as a woman or as an insane person, I don't know, but I think about everything at the same exact second. And unless I have it divided the night before, by the way, this is one of the things I do the night before, talking about preparing for the day, unless I have this, I'm going to get lost. What you're describing is very similar to, uh, as I'm listening, very similar to uh, the modes that Mike Vardy talks about. Yeah, we we had a long chat about he does, we do things a bit differently, but the idea is the exactly same thing. Yeah, same concept of of having the tasks and your commitments and things tagged or divided or identified as whether it's low energy versus high energy mode or things I can do alone and things I can do you know with other people around. However, you do it, being conscious of that I think is a real benefit to being productive in that sense of getting stuff done. Knowing that for me, a lot of productivity is pre-deciding certain things so that if I have a few moments to work on something, I don't have to decide, waste those moments deciding, well, what am I going to do? Because I've already... I've got my list or I've got, you know, whatever it is. And I already know, well, I'm in the car or I'm at my desk waiting. I've got a meeting I have to leave for in 15 minutes. What is on this list that I can do in 15 minutes? So whether you call it modes or moods or, you know, energy levels or whatever, I think putting that thought in ahead of time saves you time later because you can just do it. You can just jump right in and get it done. I I think that's really, really great advice. Let's take the last couple of minutes. I want to make sure that we finish things up. So Julie, since we were with you, where can people find you if they want to learn more about the stuff that you talk about? Everything I do is always at imjulie.com. It's the letter I, the letter M, and my name, julie.com. Everything, the podcast is there. The new series about project management, productivity is there. It's everything is there. Priscille, what about you? Where can folks find you to follow you and learn more about the the stuff that you talk about? Also, for me, everything is on my website, productiveview.com. The articles, the podcast, absolutely everything. I've got also a Facebook page, Productive View, where I share my articles, yours, uh, your podcast, and and so on. Uh, And on Twitter also, at Productive View, and here. Well, and, and you guys are lucky because you got your names picked, I think, earlier than I, I waited too long. I, as I've said, I host a podcast called The Productive Woman. It's in iTunes and on Stitcher and various places, but you can find everything about what I'm talking about, including the next time I hope we do one of these again at theproductivewoman.com. And there are links there to the Facebook page, the podcast, everything's there. Priscilla, any last words before we wrap it up? No, just to say thank you to you, Laura, to have this idea to organize this uh, productivity panel. It's uh, very exciting and very interesting. So thank you so much for this idea. This was my pleasure. Julie, any last words? Like Placil said, thank you so much for the both of you. I had incredible time. This is something that until uh, a very recent time, 
I wasn't really in touch with people from our niche, the productivity niche, although there are a lot of amazing people there. And kind of since uh, a podcast movement where I met you, Laura, and when mm -hmm. I got to connect again with Eric Fisher and, uh, and Mike, this has been amazing. For me, it's like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Seriously, this is amazing. Thank you so much for organizing this. Well, I, to me, and what's, what I think is so great is to find out that uh, this whole issue of trying to be more productive, whether as women or as men or whatever, it's not just a U.S. thing. This is international and it's universal. I just, it's so much fun to talk with, with you two from different countries and get your different perspectives. Thank you all for joining us and listening, and uh, we'll talk to you again. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was a lot of fun for Julie and Priscille and me. I, I hope you enjoyed it as well. What do you think? Were there things that we talked about that sparked some questions or ideas or suggestions on your part? Please feel free to share those with us. There's a couple ways you can do that. As always, you can go to the show notes, theproductivewoman.com slash 66. Scroll down to the comment section and leave your comment there, either for me or if it's for Julie or Priscille, they will see that as well and we'll be able to respond. You can also post a comment or a question on the Productive Woman's Facebook page and we will see those and respond as well. If there's something you'd like to share with me privately, you can email your questions, your comments or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. Or you can always leave a voice message either on the website or on the Facebook page. There's a button there to click to leave a voice message. Uh, so I hope to hear from you. If you enjoyed the show, if you think it's worthwhile, this episode or any others, uh, there are a couple of things you can do to help. If you can, first of all, tell your friends. If there's someone you know that might enjoy the show as well, let them know where they can find it for, uh, I guess, a broader reach for your input, your feedback. Uh, I would appreciate it very much if you would rate and review The Productive Woman on iTunes or on Stitcher. You can go straight, there are links in the show notes, but you can also go to theproductivewoman.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher, and it'll take you right to where you can leave a review. I want to thank L. Guzman 3 for a really nice review left just very recently, she says, Laura brings practical advice to her listeners, either relying on her own wisdom and experience or through selected guests to help them get the things done that matter. I like that she never lets listeners lose sight of what's most important in life. And I like the extremely practical nature of the discussions. Great podcast. So thank you very much for that. I really appreciate the feedback. Last thing, I want to continue to remind you, if, if you haven't heard earlier episodes, that I am offering as a way of thanking you for listening to the show, uh, an opportunity to have a conversation with me, if that would be helpful to you with me personally. Uh, this really is coming from the fact that I'm just so incredibly grateful to have the opportunity to do this, to be a part of your life, to have you be a part of mine, uh, and, and to be able to interact with you more directly would be, uh, you know, a great thing for, for me, certainly, and hopefully for you. What gave me the idea is I've had some listeners who've mentioned that they'd like an opportunity to have some coaching, and I don't have a coaching program at this point. Maybe at some point I will do that. But for now, as a thank you, through the end of 2015, I'm, I'm recording this at the very beginning of November 2015, I am offering a 30-minute productivity consultation at no charge 
one per listener. We'll do it via Skype or maybe Google Hangouts, depending on what you want to talk about. And this is anything related to productivity, anything we talk about on the show. So if you're having trouble with your email, if you want me to help you get a handle on your to-do list, if you want to talk about apps and tools or whatever, Whatever it is, if it's related to productivity, the topics we talk about on the show, it's fair game and I'd love to see if I can help out. I have a limited amount of time to do this, obviously, because I have a day job as a lawyer and I have the show to do and I have family. So what I'm going to do is I'm just taking the requests as they come, first come, first served, as long as I have capacity to get them on the schedule one per listener. So if you're interested, if this is something that you think might be fun or helpful for you, please email me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. Put consultation in the subject line and then in the message, just give me an idea of what it is you'd like to talk about. And I'll take them in the order received and get them on the schedule. I'll email you back and we'll go from there. So that's it uh, for this one. I hope you enjoyed this show. I hope there was something in it you found worthwhile. Thanks for spending the time with me and with Julie and Priscille. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. I have some great guests coming up and some topics that I I think are going to be of interest. And so I hope you'll come back. Uh, And until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.